0: I am Jose Nieto, I am the uh, Community and Outreach Minister, oh, it's off, can you hear me now? Good. So I was saying, I'm the Outreach and Community Minister here, Um, you can tell if you're visiting, you can tell I'm from the real south, Um, uh, welcome to to ENIOC, uh, to all the people that are visiting us this, this morning and for the holidays. Are you having a good time so far? Are you having a good Christmas so far? It didn't seem seems like very exciting, but I'm having a good Christmas. And um, I grew up in, in Venezuela. I'm from Venezuela. And this is literally the most wonderful time of the year for me, but especially when I, I was growing up. And... Uh, it's just the, the smells of the season, the food of the season. Uh, I grew up Catholic, and, and a lot of what was going on during Christmas time, time was very connected to, to the birth of Jesus and, and the singing. And um, I have a, actually, I have a godfather. Uh, it's an uncle, but it's my godfather. And he used to put together uh, all the kids from my neighborhood, I don't know, 15 of us, and we, we sang carols, caroling or whatever. We call them villancicos. So it's a specific uh, Christmas music that has to do mostly with with the birth of Jesus and the kings coming and the star of Bethlehem. And, and I remember even in one one time we went to the church. The, you know, again, this is the Catholic church, and there was some kind of competition about singing and. And I don't know, I think we ended up like in third place, uh, but it was very, those memories are, are so ingrained in, in, my, in my mind. And so Christmas and the birth of Jesus and, and, and having the nativity sets, most of the people do a little nativity set in my house. We had a huge one, and I'm from the Andes, so I usually have mountains and rivers, and it is just, uh, this is an exciting time uh, down there. I have wonderful memories. So some people try to take Christmas out of December. You want to get in trouble with me because I got so many good memories about Christmas. I don't think it's a bad thing at all. Uh, I think it's good that the world is thinking about Jesus and and his sacrifice for us uh, and coming to this world and and to save us. Uh, Also, and I'm not going to try... I, don't, I hope you don't take this. I'm trying to criticize anyone. I'm just stating the facts. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to be as respectful as I can. Uh, but also, you know, with all this excitement and all this Jesus coming to the world and Christmas and songs and fireworks and music. Oh, there is a lot of music. Man, I miss the, the noise and people on the streets. And last night, my, all my neighbors, they got together and they have uh, dinner for everybody. Uh, it is just a different thing. It's the community comes together. It's just a beautiful thing. But also, I have uh, also really dark memories about being in the Catholic faith. And I remember um, also sitting uh, around the table in my mom's house, and we have this huge uh, poster you know, well, huge, I don't know what is huge for you, but about this tall, about this big. What size is that? Whatever. But it was in the dining room. And I remember just sitting down every day for lunch or dinner or whatever, and we have this, uh, this picture right there. You know what that is? I don't know if you have any idea of what's going on there. But if you read the Bible, you're trying to find that in the Bible, you know, are going to be able to find it But that was a picture I was staring at, looking at every single day growing up for many, many, many years. And I noticed that the people down uh, burning, they're not looking really happy. Uh. (laughs) I also noticed that the one sitting on the throne is Mary, as you can see. There are many Marys in Latin America. I mean, every town has a Mary with a different name. And uh, we have our own back in, in my hometown. Actually, my mom's last na- uh, name has to do with a virgin. I am named after a saint. Jose Gregorio Hernandez was a saint. And I'll tell you the story later. But so long story short, this is, remember, I'm, I'm seven years old. It's eight, nine, ten, And I'm looking at these people. And the one who really concerned me is the guy in the middle, you know, with the beard. And he doesn't look happy at all. And, uh, and I was afraid every time somebody died. And my family, uh, and again, the neighbors are almost like your own family. I was scared of death. And, and I remember a few months before I started visiting the church, Church of Christ, my grandfather, my, my grandfather, He died. And again I remember you know there were about a hundred people out in the and you know we have a front porch and uh got a lot of people there and then we we're praying the rosary, rosary and all the people singing and Dios te salve María General Gracias Señor contigo, Bendita tu eres de toda la mujer, bendito la Jesús. Santa Maria Madre de Dios rogá por nosotros over and over and over and over and over oh, for goodness sakes. And I'm and my mommy's is just flying and, and I'm thinking, where is my grandpa? And then are these prayers really, really helping him out? So in the Catholic belief system, there is a place called purgatory. I call it little hell. It looks like hell, but it's little. It's not the big one, but the one before. And uh, so according to their belief system, and actually I went to the Catholic Catholic.link.com, the actual official Catholic Church website. And they, this is what purgatory is purgatory is the final purification of, for those who have died in God's friendship. So you are God's friend, but you're still are in trouble, I guess. But still need to be cleansed, cleansed of their attachment to sin. It makes us pure and ready for the full glory of heaven. So, purgatory is the place where after you die, you go to little hell or purgatory, and you burn there for a little while. Now, how long that's going to be? Nobody knows. I was trying to find the answer in the Catholic website. Nobody knows. Just to give you an example, <clears throat> again, my grandfather, he, he raised my mom and, you know, he had seven kids and my grandmother died when my mom was nine. He raised those kids. Then he raised my brothers and sisters and I. He never remarried. So in the Catholic belief system, he's a saint, but he, he wasn't. And so, so every single year, he, he, he died in, in November 15th, 1992. Every single year when that day comes, doesn't matter what the other week is, because in the Catholic church, they have mass. Mass is the service every day. And so my mom pays a fee. It's not a whole lot of money, but she pays a fee. And so my grandfather is named, you know, in the list of the people that have passed. And that particular naming him in mass by the priest helps him Somehow, to get out of purgatory. Also, the prayers of your, the family members, if you pray the rosary and whatever, and then you pray for the soul of your loved ones, that gives them points. So it's like an appointment. I mean, I'm telling you, you go to that website, the, the priest will say that. It's like, it's like points. And then you give to the Catholic Church, you know, some gifts for their benevolence programs and whatever. Oh, you get a lot of points. So yesterday, I had a conversation with my mom, and I asked her, you know, because I was thinking about this. I asked my mom, so how long are are you guys going to keep having the mass for my grandfather? He has been dead for 31 years now. So my question to my mother is, I want you to ask me the question, because I'm asking you, mom, because it's not in the Bible. If the answer was in the Bible, trust me, I will not be asking you. How long is it going to take for my grandpa to get out of purgatory? And she's, she kind of was kind of quiet. And said, so What is the system? How many points? How many rosaries? I mean, there is no way to know. And who controls that? Well, the, the Catholic website will tell you who controls who goes in and out. And, and so, this feeling of not being worthy enough. This feeling of how many good deeds do I need to make? How many people I'm going to need to be able to get out of a little hell? And if I'm at, all, at all, I'm going to be able to get out of there. Uh, if, I'm called, uh, that I, if, if they say that I, I'm God's friend, why in the world he's sending me down there? And it was very troubling also that Jesus is the little baby and he's playing with the rosary. I mean, they didn't even give him a toy. He had a rosary, and he's, playing, he's so Catholic, I guess, that he's playing with the rosary. And, and it, it, it was, uh, I'm going to tell you, I, every single time somebody died, I was just miserable. And I couldn't take that image out of my mind because I had that picture in front of me every single day for almost for 18 years. I saw that picture and so um, then I was finally somebody came and from the church uh, invited me to church and I started studying the Bible brothers and sisters understanding grace being able to accept accept it and and understanding that there is nothing I can do there is nothing I can do to earn salvation Right, and so even though in the Catholic Church, you know, they, they have all these nativity sets or whatever, they have no idea. So I asked my mom, so I asked mom, do you know why Jesus died on the cross? And then she said, yes, she died, he died on the cross for our sins. So why in the world are people going to little hell if Jesus died for our sins? So what they're communicating to us is that Jesus' sacrifice is not enough. Is it that correct? Jesus' sacrifice is not enough. And then we need the saints. And we need the priests. And we need my family members. And it's all about doing something to earn salvation. So, understanding grace and accepting Jesus' sacrifice as the only way to go to heaven. It was the most liberating thing that you guys can think of. its just It was just... I, I, I was, I'm mean, again, I was ready to go against my own mother. I was ready to go against the whole neighborhood. I was ready to go against the entire culture. When I, I heard the gospel for the first time, and I understood that there's absolutely nothing I can do, Jesus did it for me. It was the most beautiful thing. And then I went, and then with that feeling and with that understanding, I faced my mom one day and I told her, I just got baptized. And she was not happy. She was not happy. And she told me, you know, changing, changing your religion is almost like changing your own mother. That was my welcome to the Christian faith type of situation. But I was so full of the grace of God, I cared not less, honestly. And, and then I was the mock, I mean, I got all my friends. We used to play soccer every Sunday morning. Around ten, around nine thirty they start knocking at you though, hey, we need two more and then I come out dressed up and where is this guy going? And I'm ready to go to, to church. And and they're just laughing at me and, and you know, if you don't go one Sunday they're not gonna excommunicate, excommunicate you and whatever. And then I came back and they were still there, all tired, and then oh here's Moses and then they went down like this and making fun of me. They Did not care at all. I wish I, I wish I had a picture like this in my living room. Actually, it looks a little bit like me, right? <laughs> it is. And th- this is the picture, brothers and sisters, that I have in my mind. This is what Christmas is all about. About God becoming one of us, right? Living a perfect life like nobody else. And, and becoming that perfect sacrifice. So, I had a long conversation with my mom. I'm not going to go over it with, uh, with you guys yesterday. But this is a joy, and I was trying to explain that to her that it has, doesn't have any price. I mean, there is no way that we can pay. And, and the, so, uh, I, I was telling her, listen, mom, do you know how I, I help you? <clears throat> and when you get sick, I'm just always there, and, and i always calling you and praying for you, and how i trying to take care of you? And she said, yes. And I said, you know why I do that? And I don't want to get... You know why I do that, mom? <coughs> Promise you, I didn't cry yesterday, but I, I don't know, you guys. Is. So I told her, because you're my mom, because you, you gave, you know, you, you allowed me to Come to this world and and you sacrifice yourself. She was more my father than my mother. She was working all day. I didn't have a mom at home. So she took the role of a father, providing. and, And I said, you know, there is no way. There is no way I can pay you back. No way. I'm not trying to pay you back. I'm just thankful. And so I told her, what I do for Christ, the people that I baptize, and and the work that I do, I'm not trying to earn anything. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm not trying to earn anything because Jesus earned my salvation. I'm just so thankful that I cannot stop talking about what he did for me. You know what I'm saying? And I want people to go to sleep at night and and believe and accept that if you believe in Jesus Christ and you pass and you die, when you open your eyes, you're gonna see him. Amen. I don't want people to see little hell the way it did. And so, um, so now I'm a Christian. Whoo! I'm I'm free. <laughs> and no, now I can be happy. Well. I'm reading my Bible and then I come out you know I read Matthew 25 31 to 46 that we just read and I'm oh man here here we go again square one this is Jesus it's the end of the the times and and he's gathering everybody and then he had the goats and the the sheep and and so he's now going to judge everybody People say this is a parable. This is not a parable. I mean, is in the context. There are some parable right before. I don't see this as a parable. Uh, he's just talking about what's going to happen at the end of times. Uh, people go crazy with the, the, the details. Don't go crazy with it. He's just saying there's going to be a judgment. There's going to be a day when you're going to be in front of the throne of God. And there's going to be some separation. Some people are going to go to one place and some people are going to go to the other place. That, that's kind of pretty much what he's saying. Now, how what makes what qualifies people to go to place A or place B? I'm, am I a goat or a sheep? Well, I'm more like a cow. Somebody said, no, no, there's no cows in heaven. Goats and, and sheep. Well, you just keep reading the story. Then Jesus said, well, because... I was hungry, and what did you do? And I was thirsty, and what did you do? And then I was naked, and somebody called the cops, and I ended up in jail, that's what happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what the, the sheriff said yesterday, right? And so, I mean, to be honest with you, when, when I started reading the Bible, and I, and I saw this story, because I kind of was familiar with it, it didn't fit, brothers and sisters. It did not fit the profile. It didn't fit the New Testament. <sighs> what in the world? I mean, just came out of a system where you have to do all these things, and now here we go again. So it's how many points, how many people I need to help? How many people need to give them clothes? How many people I need to feed? And then, you, you, you know, I got this anxiety every time, so I kind of skip it every so often because I did not like it could didn't remove it, but it was, it was there. Then, you know, when I was here in the U.S., I, came, I went to Harvard University, and, you know, one of the books that we were reading, I don't remember exactly, but then I read something. And boom, it's like, okay, now, now we're talking. So if you look at the story, I'm not going to read it again because it's going to be counted against me, but if you go, you have your Bibles, Matthew 25, this is the key. Brothers, if you don't hear anything else, just listen to this. The key to unlocking the meaning of this passage was right there, just hidden right there in, in plain sight. Matthew 25, 37 to 39 says, then the, I think I have it here somewhere. Yeah. <clears throat> then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you, a a stranger, and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? So this is kind of what hit home. I just realized that the righteous were not trying to get points. That will help them to go to heaven. The righteous were not thinking, "Well, if I if I help this fellow, uh, um, God is going to love me more. I'm going to be His favorite at Enoch if I do this or I do that." That that's not the case. They were as surprised as I was when I read that passage. They were like, "What?" When? And then they, they start kind of asking these questions. When did, when, did, when, I, when did I do that? Please, please Lord, remind me. Because, you know, I'm getting, we're getting old. I'm starting to forget things. You know, I'm getting that age. Turning that curve, you know. And um, remind me. Because, honestly, I, I don't remember. So if Jesus were here today, he may say, Do you remember the conversation you had with that young woman that was about to uh, have an abortion? Remember that conversation? You saved her from a life of regret and saved the life of a happy, wonderful young man who later became a great evangelist, who shared the gospel with thousands of people. You did that. You remember the time you stopped to give a family a ride to their home? You remember the time you counseled a young couple and they decided against getting a divorce? Do you remember that? Do you remember paying the electricity bill for a family of five during a couple of cold winter months? You remember providing food for the poor in your community? Do you remember giving and giving and giving? And giving to others. I'm And to tell you, there, there are a lot of people sitting in these pews that day in, day out, they are out there in the community, they are there in, in their regular lives, giving to others, praying with others, talking to others. Welcoming people here. There is some, some there is, uh, I don't want to name. start naming people, but there are some, se- several of you or many of you that I consider my heroes. Uh, I've seen you guys bringing kids to your homes and make them part of your family. I've seen that in this area. I've seen you guys um, um, paying for rent for Hispanic members. Paying for uh, doctor visits. Paying for the medicine. I've seen that. I've seen you guys giving them a car, an extra car. And I'm pretty sure you are not keeping points, are you? (laughs) Hey guys, look at all the stuff that I'm I'm doing. You do it because somebody said, sometimes when you, you see the, how people can be naked and how people can be hungry how people can be lonely maybe you see yourself in them I see myself when I, when I reach out to people in the Catholic faith I can see myself in them and these people the, the righteous then will, will, will ask or will reply well I cannot remember some of those things but where were you? And his answer, if he was here today, I was sitting right there between you and them. And when you did it for them, you, you did it for me. It's interesting to me, when you look at the story, I'm going to start kind of wrapping it up. Wrapping it up. Is that Jesus was focused on, on the least of these. And, and Jesus was able to recognize that the righteous are the ones who have the ability to see those in need. And and it can be physical needs or it can be spiritual needs. That's what makes you different, brothers and sisters, from the rest of the world. That you can see the the need that people have for Christ. And not only that, you you, you only have the ability to see those in need, but also you guys did something about it. You did something about it. Uh, So I don't think this story is out of place. When you start, when you look at the first chapter of Matthew, uh, you can find the following statement or, or verses. Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 and 21 But after he had considered this, he's talking about Joseph. We're we're going back to the nativity story. But after he had considered this, so Joseph wants to leave Mary. He knew, that's not my baby. We have not been together. And and he knew one plus, one plus is, is two. And then an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. This is the introduction of the Gospel of Matthew because he will save his people from their sins. Amen? he will save his people from their sin. And that's why Jesus came. And my prayer for you this year, it's, it is clear for Matthew what, what Jesus' purposes was about when he came to earth. is that we need to take this time of the year uh, to talk about Jesus' sacrifice. And, and, but again, I just want to ask you for this new year also to make sure that you need to pay attention a little more about what's going on around you. You know, there, there is a cool, a cool video. Maybe you have seen it. It's, it's, this video is about your ability to concentrate. You can go, you guys that like stuff like this, you can go online, and, um, and it, it's like a test that, that challenges your ability to concentrate. And so it's interesting. So what they do is they say, you can pick... Somebody with the white shirt or somebody with the, with the dark shirt, the black shirt. And they say, you look at how many times they pass the ball. So you got the, white, the people with the white shirt passing the ball and the people with the... So you have to pick which one. And then you need to count how many times the, the let's say, the black team passes the, the ball or the white. And so they say, and they say, you know, because the two balls are going you know, like this. And they're passing, and then you're kind of keeping track. So at the, at the end of the video, they ask, so how many times did the white team pass, pass the ball? And then, you know, it's like 15 times. And then the next question is, did you see the gorilla? What? Did you see the gorilla? And they think that they're talking about another video, but actually... There is a gorilla that goes right in between. A guy is like dressed like a gorilla, and he just crosses in the middle of everything. And nobody I mean, most of the people now you know you're going to see the gorilla, but if you didn't know, like more than 90 percent of the people don't see the gorilla crossing. And the question is, how you can miss a gorilla that big and that, you know, that size, is' because what are you? focus on, and what we focus on usually determines what we see. So for this new year, I just want to ask you to stop thinking about yourself a little less. Start looking, stop looking at or me. That's a challenge for myself. We need to stop thinking about our own problems a little less. And start paying attention more to those, the least of these. And that can come in different forms and shapes. And not because we need to, we're, we're trying to earn salvation. It's because that's, what, that's why we are here. When you think about Jesus, the act of emptying himself of his glory from his exalted position in heaven, to come here to be born of a modest teenage girl, To start his life on earth reading the smells of farm animals, to become a refugee at a very young age, to be homeless after leaving his parents' house, and to make a living as as an itinerary preacher, being supported mostly by women, should be a clear example of what Christianity is all about. So it is okay, it is fine to come to church, it is good and important to read your Bible, It is okay that you're getting your 10% taken out of your bank account. All those things are... But that's not what Christianity is all about. That's not what Christianity is all about. If I must simplify what salvation is all about, this is what I will say. And listen to this, and I'm going to be done with this. If I must simplify what salvation is all about, this is what I will say. It is forgetting about yourself... And, and starting to focus on Christ and, other, and others, after all, that's the first and the greatest command. Right? Love God. Love others. And put yourself behind. May the Lord bless you.